Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, good morning this morning. It is Don't At Me. I am Dan Dockich, and I thank you for being here as always. Going to have a raucous time today, I think. I do. I think we are. A um, couple of things before we get going. Um, let me set up the show today. Why are white people, what are you doing, white people? And don't forget that the media and Hollywood are only for our entertainment. Also, what is it that makes people get mad? Like, I know what I look like, but at least I have respect enough for my body to take a shower. I take like three showers a day. I like to clean up. What is it about all these people protesting and all these folks that are in Hollywood giving money that they just can't take a shower, get a haircut, and look like, I don't know. Look like you want to say, all right, I, I don't know. I, I've never understood people having a look. It was very difficult for me to shave my head because I didn't really want to have a look. I don't know what I'm saying here. I just know that I'm so freaking tired of white people. And I'm a white person, if you haven't noticed, pandering. Stop the pandering. But I do like this. And this isn't as it seems. I like when things aren't as they seem. So James Harden... Declined a $47 million on the player surface, option. You go, what the hell is James Harden declining James a $47 Harden million dollar player option? It's $47 million, but James Harden apparently is declining this option so that he can rework his deal. Whereby they can, ladies and gentlemen, get better and more players in the Philadelphia. It's actually a selfless act. Who would have thunk it now? If you're dumb enough to think, hey, man, me going to play with James Harden is going to lead to a championship, then you you get what you deserve. But playing with James Harden doesn't get you anything. He goes out to the club at night. He holds on to the ball. James Harden could pay me $10 million in my prime, and I would take it because I had no NBA prime. But if I was a guy that had options, if I was a guy that could go somewhere else, there's no chance in hell I'd want to play with that guy. That guy, to me, doesn't really value winning. He values his own numbers. And it, thus, it was surprising to me that Harden went out and did this. When I first saw it, I thought what most people saw. What, what are you doing? You think you're going to get more? What are you going to get, $100 million over two years? Maybe. I don't know. But then I saw it for what it was, and I was stunned because I would never, not even a little bit, put James Harden and giving a crap about winning in the same sentence. Do you know how awful it would be if you're a serious baller to play with a guy like James Harden when you know he's more interested in going to the club, his little birthday parties, and he's your guy? Like when you make $47 million on an NBA team, you know what NBA teams do? That's right. I know, hey, ladies, don't pass out because you saw me, you know. But, hey, that's what NBA teams do. They kiss the ass of the superstar. And that guy, Harden, 
maybe he's a superstar in numbers, but he ain't a superstar when it comes to team and winning and how you're supposed to play. Compare him with how the Golden State Warriors play. Pass, cut. I don't know. I think it's a nice gesture by Harden. I think it's a fantastic gesture by Harden. But I got to tell you, I ain't going to play with that guy today, tomorrow, the next guy. But also, hey, listen, a lot of young NBA guys, and I don't blame them. They want the club. They want all that. Go do it. But I'm just telling you, if this is about winning, I am not going to go play with James Harden, period. No chance. Coach Knight used to say, I didn't fanata. I don't even know what that means. Maybe I said something wrong, bad. I don't know. But he used to say it. And I'd be like, yeah, I didn't fanata. <laughs> anyway, uh, R. Kelly got 30 years, ladies and gentlemen. I know, and uh, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this. But he ain't done. R. Kelly's got more coming. R. Kelly got 30 years. Now, he also has a couple of other things coming. He got, let me make sure I have this right. 30 years federal prison, which means you got to do 85% of it. All right. Federal prison, racketeering, sex trafficking. Also, he was fined $100,000. Now, he has been jailed uh, since 2019. I did not know this. When are all the free R. Kelly idiots going to come out? Probably pretty soon, right? He also, however, faces separate charges on child pornography and obstruction of justice. That's in Chicago, where the trial is set for uh, August 1st. Now, you got to understand, this idiot decided that, well, because I'm a rapper guy... That rapper guy can do whatever rapper guy wants to do, right? And so he basically, if you read, depending on if you believe what you read, he basically is a child abuser. He's a child abuser. He basically held kids, women, 15, 13, whatever, uh, hostage. About that, hostage. Set up a deal where he had a scheme. It was decades long where he had a scheme to entice young women and then he would, I don't know, rape and abuse and isolated them for damn near 25 years. That's what it says here. That's from the judge. Judge Ann Donnelly told Kelly he mercifully ruined the lives of the countless victims he serial raped, abused, and isolated with regularity for almost 25 years. It's not about sex, she continued. It's about violence and cruelty and control. The victims were disposable to you. You taught them that love is enslavement and violence and humiliation. There you go. The victims testified about Kelly's obsessive domination of their lives. He made them call him daddy, controlled what they ate, ordered they avoid eye contact with other men, locked them in their rooms and tour buses for extended periods. You're an abuser. You're shameless. You're disgusting. You're self-serving. I hope you go to jail for the rest of your life. Uh, One of the victims, Stephanie, told Kelly during a sentencing hearing. She met him when he was 16 at the Rock and Roll McDonald's on a double date with her boyfriend. You are a 31-year-old pedophile ready to ruin another young lady's life. Kitty Jones told the court how she was a super fan when she met Kelly in a nightclub in 11. 
She was soon living with him after a two-year period. She described humiliation, sex abuse, physical abuse, weight loss due to punishment. Now, again, this idiot, R. Kelly, faces uh, similar charges in Chicago and plans to appeal the conviction, which, oh, by the way, was in Brooklyn. He's not an evil monster, his lawyer said. He's a complex, flawed human being where trauma shaped his adulthood. All right. All right, good for him. 40 witnesses, 11 accusers took the stand. Beats women with shoes, cords, fists, vicious spankings, chastisements. I love when guys try to say big words. Yeah, there you go. So R. Kelly goes to jail for 30. I would advocate it's not enough. I would advocate that that Maxwell lady should go for double. Not that her crimes were doubly bad. They just seem... It actually both seem idiotic, arrogant. When you see pictures of this clown Jeffrey Epstein and this woman Maxwell and you see pictures of R. Kelly, you just see arrogance. You see a snottiness that you just want to punch in the face, particularly Jeffrey Epstein. You know, you just see a smug, wealthy, Upper East Side or whatever the hell it is. You just want to smack him right in the freaking head. And when I see R. Kelly, it's the same thing. But rapper guy, you know rapper guy, Rapper guy's that tough guy. Yeah, he's a tough guy. Rapper guy. Although I do like rap. My stepson raps. I do. I just don't like rapper guy. I don't. I like most, I like my stepson. I, uh, I don't know. I actually, that's a lie. I like most uh, rap songs and rap, but rapper guy like this who thinks that they're whatever. That gives me gas. He does. Gives me flatulence. Is rapper guy a word? I don't know. Rap guy. I don't know. Whatever. But I got to tell you, R. Kelly, yeah. Yeah. See ya. Giselle Aline Maxwell, see ya. And I don't understand this. Somebody explain this to me. I was just going to give you my, my phone number. Uh, explain this to me. Explain to me how this idiot Maxwell, who I'm lumping in with R. Kelly, Jeffrey Epstein's frickin' uh, pimp. How she is the only one charged here? How is she the only one? You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. How is she the only one? You're telling me Bill Clinton on that island or Trump on that island, they didn't do anything with underage girls? They just went to the island because they wanted to hung out with this smug jackass? All right. Okay. If that's what you're telling me, I can't answer it. But that's what you're telling me. What world we live in, man. What a world we live in. Where some dude, that because he can rhyme songs to music, thinks he can enslave women. And some woman, because she has a, a friendship with a bunch of rich people, think that they can abuse and sex traffic little girls. World's jacked up. Rotten hell, both of you. Uh, speak of rotten hell, Cornell University, what are you doing? Like Cornell University uh, decided because of apparently now, apparently, I'm not saying I'm there, so I don't know, but Cornell University decided that an Abe Lincoln bronze statue uh, in their, get, it, it, Cornell University removes Gettysburg Address Lincoln bust from their library 
after a complaint by a student. I was a college student. My kids are college students. I know I coach college students. I ain't listening to a single college student. Not one. No chance. Did you ever watch Goodwill Hunting? Like, when I went to Indiana, this is what I wore. And I saw the frat boys put their collars up. And, you know, these little sophisticated guys carrying their little cup of coffee across campus. And I used to nudge them. I used to Nancy Pelosi them. Oh, man, sorry. You spilled this stuff all over you. Can't stand stupidity. And listening to a college student make your head blow off. A friend of mine wanted to bring his son over to my house to go fishing with me and a couple other adults. And I'm like, no. Why? Because I don't want to listen to him. I don't want to listen to college students. So apparently a biology professor says the display was removed after one college punk complained. Someone complained and it was gone. Cornell biology professor Randy Wayne told the college fix of the matter. The bust of Lincoln and a bronze plaque of the former president's historic 1963 address had been in the Crook Library where the university's division of rare and manuscript collections was located since 2013. Wayne, the professor, said he noticed the display was missing a few weeks ago, asked the librarians what happened. He was told the display was removed after some type of complaint. Hey, I don't like that. Really? You're going to be gone here in two years. I mean, what? We're supposed to listen to college kids? I used to tell my kids, hey, man, I've been 50. Or excuse me, I've been uh, 22. I've been 20. You haven't been 50. Shut up. Oh, my God, you're an abusive parent. Yeah, pull this. It plays jingle bells. <laughs> oh, man, it is unbelievable. Why are we doing this? Like, what did that serve? What, what did that serve? Did that make somebody happy? Did that, you know, the school's not talking because nobody wants to talk in these. The school is saying, well, I don't know. Uh, Wayne emailed the president. This is a biology professor. He emailed the president whether she was aware the display was removed and why. According to email correspondence, the email went unanswered until Tuesday when a staffer said President Pollack isn't typically made aware of changes with exhibit exhibitions in the library, which I believe are decided upon by the library staff. So this guy's mad. All right. Gettysburg Address is an incredible speech. Handwritten copy in Lincoln's handwriting? It's known as the Bancroft copy. People are idiots, man. People are complete idiots. Why do we give in? That's the thing I don't understand. Hey, Dan, I'm offended by you. All right, you want to have a beer? I mean, what? Okay, you're offended. Was there any guarantee in life that you weren't going to be offended? Was there anything like when you were born that was like, you know, everything's going to go smooth for you, sweetie? Man, you were mean to me. Yeah, tough. You'd be all right. You'd be all right. It's amazing to me. And the fact, I would never hire a person from Cornell. Because the only interactions that I've had with Cornell were this and a woman named Sarah Spain. I ain't hiring Sarah Spain. Are you crazy? So that's the only two. So Cornell grads, I currently own three companies. You're out. 
Don't even apply. Oh! If your school's that stupid, you're out. I'll tell you what else. I think I'm done with George Washington, too, except they made a comeback. They made a comeback and let, let a Supreme Court justice, Clarence Thomas, continue to teach at their school. Good for you. You made a good move after taking away your mascot. The, the stupidity is just giving me a freaking headache. It is. It's just giving me a headache. Uh... Mike Leach got extended. Now, Mike Leach is one of the uh, guys that I kind of dig. Now, Mike Leach is, I had a chance to have beers with Mike Leach 100 years ago. Well, not 100 years ago, but probably eight or nine years ago. I went with Urban Meyer and our wives and a bunch of couples. We went to Key West. And Mike Leach and a buddy of his paddled over, and we just sat around. I sat in the corner and listened, which, if you can imagine, is not the easiest thing for me. And I'm not fascinated by Mike Leach. You guys are fascinated. I'm so fascinated by Mike Leach. He likes Pirates. Stop it. He's a freaking football coach. I like Mike Leach because Craig James got mad at him. Craig James seemed to be a, uh, I don't know the right word, kind of an arrogant announcer for CBS. And apparently his kid had a concussion. And I don't know what Leach did. I don't know whether Leach did right or wrong. Doesn't. One thing I've learned about being a college coach is 99.9999999% of the time, college coaches aren't trying to screw kids. But anyway, apparently this kid was put in a room, a dark room, when he had a concussion, which on the surface seems okay, but apparently kept him in there too long. I don't know. So, of course, Leach gets fired, and he resurrects his career at, like, Washington State. Now he's at Mississippi State, and he's struggling because the SEC is a different deal, and your little quirkiness don't matter. But by all accounts, Leach is a pretty good dude. Leach told me a year, we were having, uh, actually, we went to dinner with a big group, and he told me we were having beers, having some crab, and uh, enjoying an evening, and he said, yeah, I'd do a serious XM show. He says, I do the show, and then I jump in my pool. And then I come out, and I do the show in my bathing suit. He inspired me. It's what I do on Saturday mornings on Sirius XM right here. I do it. I do the show, about a three-minute break. I either go to the bathroom, which is what I do, or I jump in the pool. I like it. So they extended Mike Leach uh, till 2025. Now, if you're like me and you're not a particular fanboy of any school, you don't hang on every word of your little coach. Oh, my God, can you believe what Nick Saban said? I can't believe it. Oh, oh, oh my God, Jim Harbaugh has a dad bod. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, football fans are out of their minds. You're kind of like different people. You know, you kind of do. The row your boat guy in Minnesota gives me gas. Just does. So I like different people, and I think Mike Leach is a different dude. And Mike Leach makes reporters feel cool, which I think is pretty funny. I think it's really funny, actually. But anyway, we got a big show for you. Hammer time coming up, the damn awards. White people, white people, wash your hair and look like a human being when you're going to go out and protest. All right, there's a kid that you don't know. Amani Bates. Amani Bates was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as like a high school kid, and he's the next LeBron, right? Except one thing happened to Amani Bates. He started reading his own nonsense. Daddy uh, started the Bates Academy so little Amani could go to school privately at his own prep school. And I'm guessing, I don't know whether this is true or not, but I'm guessing if you start a prep school and your son's a number one player in the country, I'm guessing you can make some money on that prep school. You know what I mean? 
So Lil Amani goes out to Memphis where they got a lot of players and most of them don't give a rat's ass that you're the number one player and you're from Ypsilanti and blah, 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 blah. So Monty Bates goes out there, and he's bigger than the program, of course. Now, what do I always tell you? I tell you, never be bigger than the program. The three clowns that went into the NBA, and I'll get to one of them in a minute, talking about how they're the best player in the world. LeBron's got to show me something. And, of course, in two months, I'll be the best player in the NBA. Those guys are idiots. And that's Holmgren with the best player in the NBA. NBA. Our guy Mathurin saying LeBron has to show him something. And, of course, Shaden Sharp, who didn't even play this year, but somehow, some way, went seventh in the draft. So this guy here decides he's bigger than everyone. He's buying his own crap. And he ends up going to Memphis, where Memphis players don't give a rat's ass about Imani Bates. Hell, the coach at Memphis was Imani Bates and ended up being a great player, Penny Hardaway. So he gets to Memphis, can't play a lick, can't get on the court, fakes a back injury, leaves the team. The team goes on a winning streak when Imani Bates is gone. So what happens to Imani Bates? Imani Bates uh, assumed that he would be in the NBA right now. I mean, that's the assumption, right? But the assumption is inaccurate. Hell, he don't even get in the game. He gets in the game a little bit in the NCAA tournament. Fine. They lose because they always lose when Imani Bates is on the team. And next thing you know, he's got to find another place to go because there's no self-respecting coach that wants Imani Bates on his team, at least in Memphis, at least one that played in the NBA. We fast forward. We fast forward to Eastern Michigan. Now, Eastern Michigan, you got to understand something. When you're in the MAC, hey, man, you're always looking for lightning in the bottom. I'm the only MAC coach in the history of the world that had a job, actually had the press conference at West Virginia, was out of the MAC, and came back to the MAC. The hell was I thinking? But I'm a man of somewhat integrity, and I couldn't work for the clowns uh, at West Virginia, so I came back. But when you're in the MAC, when you're in the MAC, you're always looking, and I tell MAC coaches all the time get out, get out, win and get out. Well, I had a chance, I didn't do it, so away we go. Anyway, so in the MAC, you get your little coaching job and you become a coach. And now you try to win something. So Stan Heath knows his way around it. Stan Heath is the coach at Eastern Michigan. Stan Heath walked into a laid down great team at Kent State. And to Stan's credit, he coached Kent State in his one and only year to the NCAA Elite Eight. So Stan then moves on to Arkansas. Smart. He goes, gets out of the MAC, makes a ton of money, has a couple good years there, gets fired. I think he goes to South Florida. Hell, I can't remember. But now Stan is probably in his mid-50s, maybe early 50s. And Stan says, you know what? Screw this. What do I care? He's 57 years old. What the hell do I care? I don't care if you were a washout over there in uh, Memphis. I want a player. I'm giving you a history lesson on Mac basketball. So Bates comes back. Now, here's the deal. Bates, in his mind, is going to dominate the Mac. We shall see. Mac's pretty good. Players play with a chip on their shoulder. Guys that always come down a level are okay, never great, never like, oh, my God. Some get hot, Armand Bassett for Ohio. But anyway, so this guy decides he's going to go to Eastern Michigan, and away we go. Good for him. I hope he makes the NBA. I do. Miles Bridges, star forward, uh, I guess he's a star, regular season star forward for the Charlotte Hornets, got arrested yesterday on uh, domestic assault charges in L.A. This is horrible. It's horrible. I don't care about Bridges. 
not do, but I mean, I, but the victim had to have medical treatment. Now, anybody that's ever watched Miles Bridges knows that Miles Bridges is a big, strong kid, man. I mean, he's a big dude. I don't get it. Like, I've never understood domestic violence. I've never understood what do you do after? What's your move? Oh, I'm really sorry. Oh, it'll never happen again. What's your move? I could not imagine waking up. Let's say you get hammered, right? And when you get hammered, most people think they're right with the actions that they do. I could not imagine waking up after being out or whatever you were doing and realizing, oh, man, I had hit my wife, girlfriend, or both, fiance. Oh, man, I had done. No, no, I don't know what I couldn't imagine. Now, to Bridges, he ended up in jail for a bit. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but I do understand that Miles Bridges is a guy that and, and, and take this aside, right? Miles Bridges right now is trying to be a free agent. You're talking about a couple hundred million dollars for this guy. Man, and I always thought Miles Bridges was a nice kid. Like, I criticized him because he had no game in college. Idiots in the media didn't understand what that meant. Only Doug Gottlieb really understood what that meant. But Doug understands because he was a player. I always thought Bridges was a nice kid. I always thought he had no game. I think he's gotten better, obviously, in the NBA. He's going to make zillions of dollars. But I, when I see these things, uh, I don't think you're a nice kid anymore. I don't. I think you're an arrogant jackass that thinks of only himself and can't control himself. And if that makes me bad, then that makes me bad. Don't care. But hitting women, there's never an excuse. Yeah, but she. I remember when the classic, the, it, the dumbest of the dumb, Paul George said, after there was, uh, I forget what it was, Paul George said something like, well, if she ain't about that action, then I ain't about that action. The dumbest statement ever. But Paul George is an idiot. But that's what he said about domestic violence. You know what I mean? So, you know, at the end of the day, one of the things that I get a kick out of is listening to that. Guy says, Dan, after your history of harassment, abuse of kids, oh, wow, no company in the world would allow you to hire anyone. Okay. Twitter's fun. <laughs> Twitter's fun. <laughs> anyway, the response to this is great, right? I'm like, I'd never hire anyone from Cornell. I wouldn't. I got three companies. I am hiring, by the way. But I would have one's a golf course. Uh, one's a construction company. And then, of course, we have Dockage Enterprises. I'm not hiring anybody from Cornell. They're idiots. The Big Chill says they would never want to work for you. Well, maybe not. I don't know what to tell you. But I'm just telling you I would never hire anybody from Cornell because the only two interactions I've ever had for Cornell were bad people. That's it. Bad people. All right, we come back. I hope we can get my man Hammer. I'm having a little problem with my earpiece. Uh, I am. I'm having a little, little bit of an issue. Uh, so we'll see. We shall see what we shall see. But... I am not at all hiring anybody from Cornell. And Miles Bridges, if you injured a woman, if that's what you were stupid enough to do, I hope you go to jail. 
And I like Miles Bridges as a kid. I did. I'll say it again. You know, you got to clear yourself so many different times when you talk about issues like this because people will parse something and say you said it. Let me tell you exactly. Always thought Miles Bridges was a nice kid. Hope he goes to jail if he injured a woman. It's as clear as I can make it. You hit a woman, you cause injury, you do that. Hey, look, I understand men, a man and a woman argue, but I always told players, put your hands in your pockets. And if she gets out of control, lock yourself in a bathroom. I've had two players during my time as a coach that called me way after the fact. They said, coach, I got to tell you, I did exactly what you said. I locked myself, one in a bathroom, one in a bedroom. Uh, when One was a wife, one was a fiance when they lost their mind. And I, I put my hands in my pocket. I went in the bathroom, locked the door, and you know, discussed it. It's the only move to make. Don't hire anybody from Cornell. Why would you hire anyone from Cornell? Because you know what they're going to do? Well, you said mean things to me. Toxic masculinity. All right, my man Hammer next. Can't wait. Jason Hammer, it is Thursday. He is going to set the world right. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, welcome back. I'm sorry about that. We had some technical issues. Um, let's talk here, shall we? Let's talk about a couple things with the great Jason Allen Hammer. January 6th, Hammer Time. The, the committee is hearing from people. Some may or may not be telling the truth. What say you? I believe it was Harry Doyle in the movie Major League who once said, and I quote, in case you haven't noticed, and judging by the attendance, you haven't, the Indians have managed to win a couple of games. Well, in terms of the January 6th committee, Coach, in case you haven't been paying attention, and judging by the ratings, you haven't, nobody cares. Nobody cares about this thing right now. The only people that give a blue flying rat's ass about the January 6th committee are those in Washington, D.C., because the violence actually happened in their community. You know, ask anybody across America about the summer of love in 2020. They'll tell you what was way worse. And the people who hate Donald Trump. That's all this is about. This has nothing to do with finding the truth or our democracy almost came down. You're telling me a nation with the largest military almost had their democracy brought down by a moron in a Viking hat? I find that incredibly hard to believe. So the whole January 6th committee, it's designed to make Donald Trump look bad. And listen, maybe it's working, but I don't think it's moving the needle on people across the country. You talk about the biggest issues people are having in this country right now, you won't find January 6th. And that's not me speaking. That's a poll that was released by CBS earlier yesterday. Top three things that people cared about in this country Nowhere to be found was January 6th. What you did find was gas prices, inflation, crime in major cities. Those were one, two, and three. You didn't find abortion. You didn't find January 6th. 
But that's all you're going to see if you subscribe to some of these liberal rag newspapers like the New York Times or the Washington Post, or if you turn on MSNBC, CNN. It's wall-to-wall January 6th. It's unbelievable that this is all designed because they're scared to death Donald Trump may run again, and they want to use all these clips and campaign commercials against Donald Trump. Whether it's Joe Biden, I still have a hard time believing he's actually going to be the guy and runs again. Whether it's Kamala Harris, whether it's Hillary Clinton, uh, their big dream is Michelle Obama, whoever it may be. All of the stuff right now that's happening has nothing to do with finding the truth or our democracy coming down. It's to make the big bad orange man look bad and to hype up a star witness and bring up there Cassidy Hutchinson, the chief of staff of Mark Meadows. I mean, come on, let's be honest. We follow this kind of stuff closely, but I think we're in the minority. Most people around the country don't know who the hell Mark Meadows is, let alone his chief of staff and his assistant. And literally just a couple of hours after her testimony, it was debunked by multiple people. You've got Secret Service agents that are requesting to go on the stand under oath for the January 6th committee, but they're not going to do that because they're not serious people. I spoke to a number of lawyers the last 48 hours about what we're seeing with January 6th. And I asked them, hey, is this testimony from Mark Meadows, chief of staff, is this a damning thing? Is this the smoking gun, as uh, MSNBC would call it? All of these attorneys, and again, some of these guys are pretty liberal, will tell you that if you're being 100% honest, anytime you're trying to have a trial, and that's really what this is, if there's no adversarial component to it, it's a nothing burger. And that's what this whole thing is. It became a nothing burger when they wouldn't let Representative Jim Banks, Representative Jim Jordan on the January 6th committee. It's not like they were asking these guys uh, to put together a one night stand up comedy show. They just wanted to be part of the committee and they were told no. So that tells you all you need to know about this. It's a show trial. It's ridiculous. And nobody's watching it. Nobody cares. It's only designed to make the orange man look bad. I want to understand something to your point. If if Trump did want to go to the Capitol, if he did grab the steering wheel, now, you know, you probably shouldn't grab a Secret Service agent. But what's so wrong about Trump wanting to go to the Capitol when his Capitol is under attack? First of all, it sounds like that never even happened to begin with. Right. Um, If you know anything at all about presidential motorcades, the president's not up there riding shotgun like it's your buddy going down to the gas station to pick up a pack of cigs and a fountain drink. That's not how it works. And the two guys, the two agents specifically that Cassidy Hutchinson mentioned have both said, yeah, that never happened. And we will testify under oath that it never happened. But to your point, for argument's sake, let's just be devil's advocate here and say that, sure, that happened. Uh, It shows him a little bit unhinged. It shows him that he can't handle stress and he's kind of a lunatic. But again, you know, that's something that we're hearing now never happened. Same thing when Cassidy Hutchinson said that the president was speaking and people in the crowd had AR-15s. Think about this for just one moment. Do you really think the Secret Service agents would let the president of the United States speak in a crowd if multiple people had AR-15s in the crowd, like Cassidy Hutchinson was saying happened on January 6th. 
I promise you that's not the case. And knowing the political climate that we live in, if you saw people with AR-15s in the crowd during Donald Trump's speech, don't you think we would have seen the video by now? Last time I checked, this was a country where everybody has their cell phone and everybody wants to talk about guns. Mark my words, I guarantee you, you would have seen the video by now or the president would not have spoken. Coach, the whole thing was full of crap. Every part of what Cassidy Hutchinson had to say has been debunked in a couple of hours. She was brought up there without firsthand knowledge, right? She was the one saying, well, I heard he was doing this. How do you do that? How do you bring up somebody that says, I heard this? That's what happens in these things. This is the Russian collusion probe all over again. For two years, that little wiener, Adam Schiff, kept telling everybody, oh, we've got the evidence. Oh, the evidence. I got it. It's, it's in my tool shed out my back. I'll bring that Russian collusion evidence. Never happened. It's the Mueller probe all over again. Nothing happened. Anytime the Democrats get together and they want to make Donald Trump look bad, it ends up with egg on their face. It's embarrassing at this point, but these people don't learn anything from this. Nothing at all. They've got nothing here. All this is for is to make Donald Trump look bad if, and I think when, he decides to run again. They're going to have campaign commercials. But I'm telling you, look at the polling. Talk to people across America. What's a bigger issue? Gas prices, supply chain issues, crime, inflation, the border, or January 6th? Come on. Uh, 60% disapproval rate, which is historic. For Jolton Joe. What do you call Jolton Joe? Butt snipping, hair snip. What do you call him? It's a little tribute to the nature boy, Ric Flair, but we doctored it up a little bit to fit the way that Joe Biden likes to get down. Wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. There you go. There you go. Uh, his, his disapproval rates are at an all time high. I'll be honest with you. I don't see how any, I don't see how somebody that isn't in love with their party can say, no, I really approve of the job that Joe Biden's doing. I, I don't know how, if you have any thought in your head at all, you could do that. I don't see it. How is it not higher than 60%? And really, the way these polls work, the way these polls work, it is. When you hear a number, whether it's an inflation number, an employment number, it's a jobs number, everything is doctored to make the president look good. All of it is. So if they're telling me that it's 60% disapproval, it's really higher than that. I promise you that it is, but it's still not high enough. Who is sitting in their living room going, you know what? I know that he killed 12 soldiers in a debacle of a withdrawal from Afghanistan. I know that uh, baby formula has been a pretty big problem in this country. Gas prices are damn near $6. Uh, minority employment numbers are some of the worst they've ever seen. But boy, thank God it's not Donald Trump anymore. I mean, if you're that kind of person, do everyone a favor and either don't vote or walk your fat ass into oncoming traffic because you can't be that in bed with your party. I, for the most part, go conservative, but I'll criticize the Bush administration with the best of them. Absolutely. Don't get it twisted. When John McCain uh, was in Arizona, we can criticize John McCain. It doesn't make you a bad person for saying, yes, I appreciate uh, what he did for our country in the military, but he governs like a jackass. Doesn't make you a bad person at all. But you don't see that when it comes to Joe Biden, because even if the economy collapses, if we go into a recession, 
if another horrible situation where 50 plus migrants are found dead at the border. And yes, I do blame that on Joe Biden. Uh, people are still going to say, well, he, he beat Donald Trump. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. It's laughable. There's some things Donald Trump did that I did not approve of. I don't necessarily think you have to uh, call a porn star horse face on Twitter. You probably didn't need to talk about how you liked people who didn't get captured in the war like you did with John McCain. Did you really need to make fun of Mika Brzezinski's bloody facelift? Okay, you probably did, because uh, she's an awful, awful witch. But some of those things I could have done without. But policy-wise, I will sign up again for another four years of the policies. But we can criticize our own. You don't see that with the political left. Why, why do you blame the, uh, the border caravan deaths on Biden? Because these coyotes feel emboldened. These smugglers feel emboldened. And that's what this was. This was a human trafficking situation. And these coyotes, if you want to call them that, these smugglers, they don't give a damn about human life. They know right now they can come and go as they please. I am willing to bet that this was not the first time that these three guys who are now in custody, thank God they've been arrested, uh, have been smuggling people across the border. How many people have gone across this country smuggled in the back trucks. These people feel emboldened to do it. They're not scared of anything. They know our border agents are completely swamped, completely overwhelmed. We don't have the space right now because the Biden administration campaigned for you know two years before they became president. And then the first year of their presidency saying, yeah, yeah, we're come on in. And then at the very last minute, when they knew the blank was about to hit the fan, they propped up there the border czar, Kamala Harris, who had this half-assed, please don't come message. It's incredibly weak, and people sense that. People know that. People in other countries understand. As much as everybody in this country bitches and whines about how awful America is, there's somebody from Central America, there's somebody from another country that can't wait to come here, whether it's to try to start their best life or to try to do something criminal, whether it's to bring fentanyl in, whether it's more human trafficking. I've said for a long time, Coach, I've said it on your program. I say it every day on my program. The two most underreported stories that are still happening in this country are human smuggling and fentanyl. But yet here we are. We're talking about January 6th. We're talking about Roe versus Wade. You know, I get abortion is a big story for some, but fentanyl, is killing an awful lot of people right now. And that's happening because of our lax policy at the border. And these smugglers, they feel emboldened. They feel like they are the ones in charge at the border. A couple of things. Um, one, R. Kelly got 30 years. That Jezelaine Maxwell got 20 years. I've said this, look, how is it possible? Let me go to Maxwell first. How is it possible that there is no list? Like I've said, people, if Donald Trump went to that island and people can testify that he was a pedophile with trap, put his ass in jail. I don't, what do I care? I, I want Clinton, anybody, anybody there, put their ass in jail. But there is no list. Nobody else has been charged with anything. So you're telling me that it was only Maxwell and it was only that Jeffrey Epstein guy. That's it? That's what we're saying in this? That's bull. You know what? You're right. You're 100% right. 
And think about this. Think about how many journalists this country has. Universities are popping out journalism majors left and right every single spring and fall, depending on when you graduate. Think about all the investigative journalists that this country has at newspapers, at TV stations, at websites, at blogs, whatever. We've got people who can leak from the Supreme Court, but nobody, nobody can find a list of all the perverts going down to Pedophile Island with Maxwell and Epstein? Come on. Now, look what happened here. You've got James Comey, former FBI Director James Comey. His daughter was the prosecutor against Ghislaine Maxwell. It was the prosecutor who sealed up the list and demanded that it not be made public. Now, again, I'm not a lawyer. Maybe somebody can explain this to me. But why would a prosecutor, not the defense team, right. but the prosecution, want to have that list sealed up? I'll tell you exactly what I think. And it's because some of their people are on that list. You said it perfectly, Coach. If that list were nothing but Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, uh, you name it. If they were the ones just down there on Pedophile Island, we would have the dates. We would have what they had for lunch. We would have everything that we need. But I'm willing to bet that's not the case. There are some pretty powerful people from the entertainment industry and the political world and the business world uh, possibly on this list. And it's disgusting and it's gross that we know more about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial than this. And I know there were cameras in that courtroom and all this other stuff, but the fact that we know Amber Heard pooped in a bed, but we don't know what high-profile politicians or billionaires are having sex with children tells you everything you need to know about the media in this country. This should be the one story that brings everybody together. Republicans, Democrats, Fox, CNN, all of their investigative people should be turning over rock after rock to get a real list. I'm talking about the real list, not a photo, because we've all seen photos, right? There's Donald Trump at some party with Epstein, uh, Bill Clinton getting a massage uh, from somebody allegedly on his way down to the aisle. Okay, we've got all that, but give us the list. There has to be flight records. There has to be transactions. All of that's there. The list exists, but nobody is trying to get Ghislaine Maxwell to talk. Nobody's trying to be an investigative reporter and find all of this kind of stuff. R. Kelly gets sentenced for underage sex crimes for 30 years. Maxwell gets 20. Come on. To me, honestly, both of these sentences, not enough. But the way that we just ignore the Ghislaine Maxwell trial and focus on some ridiculous stuff in this country, it's gross. It's sick. But it tells you maybe the people doing the investigating here need to be investigated. Man, I, I, I couldn't agree more, particularly, you know, I get it. Uh, but when you go to trial, I mean, somehow, somewhere, somebody's got to be smart enough to figure out who is where and make this. Also, I want to go back to the leaker. Uh, I don't even think anybody's looking for the leaker. I don't think so. Right? <laughs> the I mean, leaker's going to get away every, with it. I'm the leaker every hour of the day I go to leak, <laughs> but I'm talking about the Supreme Court document leaker. Yeah, the leaker's going to get away with it. The leaker is going to get away with it. At least that's the way that it looks right now. Um, and, and that's a shame because you've got real threats on some of these Supreme Court justices. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, there was some lunatic that 
is being charged with, I believe, attempted murder against Brett Kavanaugh. They found all kinds of horrific things on him while he was trying to break in. Uh, all kinds of lunatic protests in front of the homes of Clarence Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, the leaker is going to get away with this. We, I don't even think we're looking for the leaker anymore. But I will say this. I am a little bit pleasantly surprised that we didn't see more violence from the abortion protests. Now, maybe it's because I've set the bar incredibly low for the activist political left in this country, but I thought you'd see even more bricks through windows, more fires, maybe a couple killings, because that's what we got during the peaceful protest of George Floyd. I don't think we got a lot of that. Some places did. There were some courthouses, some uh, you know, Catholic churches. There were places where there was a little bit of violence. But if you're asking me, do I think um, we got what we thought was coming? Man, I, I don't. I don't think that we saw the level of violence, which makes me wonder, does this issue, does the Roe versus Wade issue really not resonate with a lot of people in this country? Is it only a certain faction? And this, the amount of misinformation that's out there about this is staggering. You can still get an abortion. Now, maybe your state has decided with one of these trigger laws, all right, we're going to put the kibosh on it. Okay, you can still drive to another state that has this service. I know a lot of states are meeting right now, but the one thing that abortion is not is illegal. And the one thing that I really don't understand, going back to the violence issue, the little bit of protesting and the little bit of violence we saw was from very dark blue states. People in Los Angeles were blocking traffic and protesting. Why in the hell are you doing this in Los Angeles? That's the most easy place in the country to get an abortion. And nothing's going to change. Hell, if anything, somebody in traffic was probably late to go get their abortion because of the abortion protesters out in the street. Washington, Oregon, New York, California. Why are you protesting abortion in these states? It's probably going to become even easier now. You're going to set up drive through abortion clinics now. I, I guess I just don't understand the point of that. If it's a state's right issue, why are you blocking traffic in Los Angeles where nothing's going to change? Let, let me go back to something, the, vi the violence part of it. Um, when you look at Twitter, you see people legitimately threatening Supreme Court justices. I mean, it's not even overt. It's it's out there. You, I think you've retweeted some. I've retweeted some. Whatever happened to like these laws in Twitter? Is this because Twitter as a business is up for sale and we don't know whether Musk has it, Jack Dorsey's out? But what happened to all these strict, you know, don't, threatened graphic stuff that supposedly got you suspended from Twitter. Where'd that go? Because Twitter is still ran by activists. The acquisition of Elon Musk has not happened yet. Uh, yeah. Now, the Twitter board has agreed, all right, we're going to take the offer here. But Elon Musk is still saying, now, wait a minute, you gave me some false information. You said less than 10% were bots here. I'm telling you it's a lot more. And maybe we knock a few billion off that price. So that's kind of where we're at right now. So he has not taken over. So it really is the same radical people running this thing. Now, think about this for just a moment. You had guys like Alex Berenson, former New York Times writer, be banned from Twitter over a year ago because he questioned the vaccine. He said, 
on Twitter that even if you're vaccinated, you can still get this thing and you can spread this thing, which turned out to be 100% true. But a year ago, he was kicked off of Twitter, banned for that. But now you can openly wish a Supreme Court justice to be assassinated and your tweet can stay up for two days. And that's something that actually happened. Uh, you and I both talked about that, Coach. I retweeted it. I think it was finally removed after two days. But this is where we're at. This is what happens when activists have the power of a large media company. And that's what Twitter is. We can laugh at it. We can say that, you know, Twitter's not real life. But for lunatics, maybe they could be inspired by something here. Oh, there's no question. Uh, no question. It's just, it, it's fascinating. The, the whole thing, if it weren't so dangerous, it would be fascinating. Last thing, does Joe Rogan influence elections? I saw where he said DeSantis would be a nice choice. Uh, how big a bump is that for a guy like DeSantis? It, it, it's a big bump for DeSantis. Now, keep in mind, he's got to win his own race first. He's up for yeah. re-election in the midterms, and Florida is throwing every single thing they've got at this guy. The national money is coming in from the Democratic Party to try to give Ron DeSantis a loss because they fear him as a candidate. Um, so he's got a battle on his hands in Florida. Ultimately, I think he hangs on and wins that. Uh, but yes, this is a bump. But the thing is, Ron DeSantis is not running against probably a normal candidate. He's most likely going to run against Donald Trump. So I don't know if it really moves the needle that much. If you're running against a regular politician and Joe Rogan says, hey, this is my guy. Sure, absolutely. You'll take that and you'll run with it. But the Trump base is probably the most loyal base in politics right now. Um, it's going to be fascinating to watch all of this unfold, because if you watch some of these polls, swing state, early primary state polls, Ron DeSantis is close. It's not the blowout people think that it is. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I don't really know if anybody can beat Donald Trump in a primary, but I think Ron DeSantis is more electable for the Republicans. What do you got on your show today? Um, today, we are going to dive into crime. We've got some crime numbers from major cities across the country, including my own backyard here in Indianapolis. Um, we all look at Chicago as like the, you know, the number one seed in a crime March Madness bracket. But there's a lot of places that are bad. And Indianapolis, in a red state in the Midwest, Indianapolis, Indiana's homicide rate per capita is higher than Chicago's. And there's a lot of places around the country that are the same. We're going to speak to the president of the Fraternal Order of Police. We're going to try to get to the bottom of it. Great stuff. 93.1 WIBC.com, the number one afternoon drive show in the history of the world. And just <laughs> again, the number one afternoon drive show in Indy, my friend, Jason Hammer. Thank you, Hammer Tap. Thank you, coach. He's the best. Jason, Jason Hammer, as my friend Mark Patrick says, off he goes. I'm telling you, 93.1 WIBC, WIBC.com. You'll love it. J Hammer and Nigel is great. I got these little flies around my house. I got one. I'm one of the all-time best at killing gnats and flies. I'll tell you how at some point on this show. Uh, maybe not this show. All right, I got the damn awards when we come back. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. 
your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Hey, welcome back. We're not going anywhere. Last hour of the week, always a good hour. Are you kidding me? I like not having headphones in so I can hear my loud ass. I don't know what that is, but I like hearing me. Actually, I hate hearing me, but I like when it's loud. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the damn awards. Don't at me awards. Uh, White people, you're trying so hard. I love you. I do. But look at this. Look at this. Why can't we just whatever? Uh, So white folks, we're trying, baby. We are trying Like, you got to give white people credit for the pandering. So this lady right here is a woman that created Friends, the TV show. And Friends was a big-time hit. And that's her job. Her job is to do what? Is to create a big-time TV show. And she did it by taking a heterosexual... Oh, my God, can you imagine? A heterosexual... Four, or what was it? Joey, Ross, six kids, six guys. You know what I mean? Six, uh, three guys, three girls, and created a show in New York. And apparently it was set in, uh, you know, the very diverse whatever side of the country it was, whatever. Whatever side of New York it was, that's where it was set up. Okay. All right. So she, this lady, had an epiphany after George Floyd. She said, uh, and her name is Marta Kaufman. Okay, Marta Kaufman. She's given $4 million. She's giving $4 million to a university. I've learned a lot in the last 20 years, Marta Kaufman said. Admitting and accepting guilt is not easy. So she's a victim. It's painful looking at yourself in the mirror. It is. I mean, honest to God. Clean up. Take a shower. People get mad when you say that, but before this show, I take a shower. I don't want to look like a slob, although I'm not happy with the dress today. I'm not. I'm not happy with the look today. I've learned a lot in the last 20 years. Admitting and accepting guilt is not easy. It's painful looking at yourself in the mirror. I'm embarrassed that I didn't know better 25 years ago. Why, why didn't you know better, lady? You're 40 years old. Are you an idiot? 
See, all these white people, did you all just grow up on a farm? Did nobody, did nobody grow up where there was actually other people, you know, immigrants, Serbians, Mexican, Hispanic, Asian, black? I mean, did we not? I didn't know when I was 40. I'm embarrassed I didn't know better. So now old Marta here uh, is doing something interesting. In an attempt to redeem herself, She's pledged $4 million to her alma mater, Brandeis University, not to, like, help kids. Of course not, because look at her. She's an arrogant Hollywood, disheveled, thinks she's smarter than you, liberal dumbass. Look at her. You don't even... Look, I don't care if you get mad at me for saying, well, you can't judge a book by the cover. I can judge that because of this next statement. Instead of $4 million to underprivileged black kids because I feel bad to help them get into school. You know what this POS did? $4 million to Brandeis, an elite, you know, private school where this clown went and didn't learn how to put a hairbrush through her hair, uh, to fund, listen for it, an endowed chair in the school's African and African-American studies department, one of the oldest in the country, right? You know, she called it this arrogant, freaking unkept, ridiculous Hollywood pass. The Martha F. Kaufman professorship in African and African-American studies. So this pass named it after yourself. That's what she named it. Named it after herself. Like, I'm telling you, it took me a long time to, no, how I internalize systematic racism. I've been working really hard to become an ally and anti-racist, and this seemed to be the way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right. Look, let me explain something to you. That noted scholar, and I think he's one of, if not the best followers on Twitter, he and Clay, uh, Jason Whitlock had a great response. He had the response we all had. Hey, I want to apologize, Whitlock said, for enjoying good times. What's happening? Sanford and Son, Fresh Prince, A Different World, Cosby, Martin, Sex in the City. I'm going to give $4 to every white person offended by my enjoyment of great TV. Exactly right. The pandering is ridiculous. I'm guilty, says this pass. Whitlock, great stuff. I want to apologize for enjoying good times, all black. What's happening, all black? Sanford and Son, all black. Fresh Prince, mostly black. Different World, mostly black. Cosby Show, mostly black. Martin, mostly black, if not all black. Sex in the City, I don't know why he threw that in there, but I like it. Because I like Sex in the City. Oh, by the way, DoorDash is down 10%. Your boy Biden's just killing it, ain't he? Yeah, just killing it. Oh, I'm so sorry, says this. Look at this woman. They all look the same. I mean, it's just insanity. I'm embarrassed. I didn't know better. Oh, where'd you grow up? (laughs) You know, know better. Your job was to put a great show out, and that's what you did. Is Larry David... Are you doing that? I don't know, man. I don't know, but man, white folk, you trying hard. Good for you. Good for you. You go get them, girl. I'm sure when you walk down, 
your gated community, which is where I'm sure she lives, uh, of Beverly Hills or wherever the hell, sorry-ass community that would take this woman. I'm sure all your little white friends go, oh, my God, you're so good. I always knew you were so good. And I think all of the conversation about friends is just is, is right. And you're right. Look, you were taught to make great TV, and you did. I mean, I don't know if it was great TV, but it certainly was successful TV. You know, if you had a little less Ross Geller in there. Charlie, well, African-American girlfriend, I dug her. She was hot. Just funny to me. Oh, my God. Can you imagine when she sits down with, with like, Gwyneth Paltrow and they talk about, oh, my God. And they take their sandals off and their feet stink and their armpits are hairy and they're talking about how great they are, both of them. Oh, my God, you're such a giver. I don't know what to do. Uh, Penn stock is down 5%. I'm getting the updates right here. Your boy Biden is just killing us. He's crushing our souls. Uh, Hey, how about the NBA? Don't play. Don't worry about it. We'll still take you seventh, man. I tell you what, there are a lot of basketball folk that I have talked to that are like, man, the NBA is ridiculous. And it's not because of China or it's not because of anything else. This dude didn't even play. This dude didn't have the sack to play at Kentucky. I've said this before. His name is Shady on Sharp. Everybody, he's the greatest player in the world, according to Shady on Sharp. He didn't even have the stones to play at Kentucky. How is it possible that a real basketball player can sit there on the bench at Kentucky and not go in? I, I, I'm from a different era. What can I tell you? In the NBA, I didn't even think about this until I had a number of NBA executives tell me, like, this is so ridiculous. Our own league is so asinine that we kid didn't even play. And he could be the seventh player picked. In fact, two of them said, Dan, I feel bad for college basketball. Uh, me too. I don't know if I feel bad. Uh, I I don't know. But I do feel like, hey, man, don't you got to do something to get in the NBA other than a high school game against some other high school guys? And you know what? The truth of the matter is, the answer to that is no. Because we've seen LaMelo Balls of the world. All of a sudden, everybody tells me how good he is. Yeah, he is. Oh, my God, he's great. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. But it amazes me. And people in basketball, they're not happy. And they shouldn't be happy. I mean, what the hell? Uh, I hate cruises. No, I really dislike cruises. A lot of you like, a lot of you like cruises. Every time I've been twice, here's a brawl at a cruise. Look at this. Check out this action. Yeah, you got a nightclub, little princess cruise. Everybody going to throw hands. Look at this. Look at all this crazy. Bottles swinging. I don't like cruises. I honestly don't. There's nothing about cruises that I really like. Yeah, there it is. We're just going to start fighting. I know everybody likes cruises. Oh, man, all you could eat, I get to drink all day. That's great. Last cruise I went on, it actually, I, I don't get nervous very much, but I was walking down the hallway and the whole thing smelled like marijuana and the people smoking marijuana looked like they wanted to beat the living hell out of me because I was a white guy. <laughs> That's what it looked like. I mean, it were, they were, people were pissed. And I, you know, I walked by, I was just trying to get to the front. Everybody's high and everybody, it was crazy. So I don't like cruising, but it even started before then. First cruise my wife and I went on about two minutes in, we're like, can we get out of here? I don't like cruises. People are beating the hell out of each other. 
My cru- at least, maybe I should go on a high-end cruise. I've never been on a high-end cruise. My mom loves cruises. My wife would go on a cruise tomorrow. I've never had a great experience on a cruise. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure I am. But I've never had one. You know, I, I'm sorry. I guess maybe we're supposed to. Everybody's supposed to have a great experience, but they're just beating the hell out of each other. And this isn't just a cruise. This is everywhere. But I feel like if I'm on a cruise, uh, I, I got to live in an it, with people. I just didn't like it. I don't know. I got to live with people I don't want to live with. And now that I'm older and I'm pretty much secluded to my house or wherever, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like them. And that's another reason why. I've been on two. I don't think I'll be on three. Not because of that. I just, I don't know. I keep saying I don't know because I don't have an answer. I just didn't like them. It's like you go somewhere. First cruise I ever went on. Got on the cruise. Eh, Rooms are small. Everybody's slobbering over food. The chairs at the pool are legitimately this close to one another. And I'm like, I don't like it. And then the next one I went on, same thing. And then I walk into the front, and I'm in this walkway. And I swear to God, man, everybody's smoking weed looking mad at me. I don't want anybody mad at me. There's, uh, there's nobody that should be mad at me. They're, people are mad. I'm just walking to the front to get something for my wife. Now I want to go on a cruise. I'm out. Dockage out of cruises. Gone. Uh, this is interesting, and I told you this was coming, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I did. Don't at me about it. I told you it was coming. The Women's College Basketball World Series Championship game outdrew the Men's College Basketball World Series Championship game. I told you it was coming. Women, 1.74 million. Now, I don't know how they do that, but good for them. Men, 1.54 million. The final game of the Women's College World Series outdrew the final game of the Men's College World Series in television viewership, according to at FOS, Front Office Sports. Oklahoma's game-clinching win versus Texas was the most-watched college softball or baseball game of the season. Now, strong viewership in both. Strong viewership in both, no question. And you know what? Strong viewership is, of course, going to mean more money for the NCAA, and I'm all in on it. I'm all in on everybody making cash. Hell, because we're all losing cash in our 401ks. We're all losing money. We're losing our backside. I got to work 10 more years. You know what I'm saying? I don't like it. I don't like it. But I do like everybody make money. If you're young, I tried to tell my son the other day, do yourself a favor. Start saving now. Because I want to be done when I'm 60. And that's in a month. But I'm done with this. I'll do this till I drop. This is funny. You can talk about everything. But anyway, I am not, I am not even, not even mad about the Women's College World Series because one thing I do like, I do like when I am right. I do. And I was right about this. College 
women's college softball is arguably as fun a sport to watch even if you don't have a vested interest. Like, well, I'll watch football. Basketball is no fun to watch if you don't have a vested interest, and I would include college basketball on that. I tried to watch college basketball last year. I have a vested interest other than maybe Indiana, and I thought, yeah, I'll turn the channel. I'll turn the channel. Didn't have it for me. But college softball, look, if Harvard's playing, I'm right here. If Lee's doing the game, I'm right here. But no, I'll watch college softball because college softball is damn good. Baseball too. Baseball's good, although it's looking a little bit too generic. I hope they never mess around with college softball because college softball does not look generic. It doesn't. Not at all. So I'm not surprised even a little bit. Uh, I'm rifting, right? Riffing? Is that what it is? Riffing? I'm riffing right here. All right. So, um, Colin Kaepernick had a workout. Colin Kaepernick had a workout where it apparently, according to Warren Sapp, was a disaster. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I heard the exact same thing. I heard the exact same thing, and I heard that Kaepernick is trying like crazy to get another workout with not only the Raiders but others. That's what I heard. Doesn't mean that it's right. I wasn't there. I always preface it by saying I wasn't there, but some people that I truly respect said the same thing. Now, Warren Sapp said what all these guys can't say. Can a white guy go on the air on NFL.com or NFL Network or ESPN, not ESPN, other places, and say that Colin Kaepernick had a disastrous workout? I don't think you can until now. Remember I told you, there's always the finger in the air test. Which way is the wind blowing? So people are watching to see what the reaction is to Warren Sapp. Now, you got to understand Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp in my world, not just my world, was the only media guy that I truly despised. I went to the Super Bowl, and I was at Radio Row, and I think he was working for the NFL Network, and I've not seen a bigger jackass than Warren Sapp. Loud, stupid, walking around, you know, okay, fine. Doesn't mean he doesn't know what the hell's going on in the NFL. So Warren Sapp says this, and now, ladies and and gentlemen, People are starting to think. Here comes Lamar Arrington, right? Lamar Arrington confirms Warren Sapp knows that the Raider workout was awful. Here's Lamar Arrington. This is from our Outkick. I'm telling you, Outkick is the go-to spot. You got to go there, Outkick.com. Not only Twitter, but go to the site. It's like the go-to spot. I go. That's all I go to anymore. However, and it's not because they're paying me. I can go anywhere. My first stop used to be ESPN, and it was up until, I don't know, a month ago. And now I'm like, wait a second. I get great information from OutKick for this show or others, but I digress. Uh, less than a week after Hall of Famer Warren Sapp passed along word that Kaepernick's May workout was a disaster, LeVar Arrington is siding with Sapp. I know Sapp pretty well. He ain't lying. One thing Sap is not is a liar. If you played for an organization, you know people in the organization. There are certain places, so I try to tell people, there are certain places that you can get information that in other cases you would not get that information. And I'm telling you, 
This ain't. Look, I'm breaking a story today. I'm breaking a story today, but I'm not even breaking it. I'm just saying that there's a news anchor here in Indianapolis that's auditioning for a national show, and she's going to try, and she's there today. I can break any story I wanted in basketball if I wanted, but I'm not that guy. I like opinion pieces. Sapp played for the Raiders. Sapp probably has a relationship with a couple of people in that organization. If Sapp didn't know, hear, or have a discussion with someone who was in that organization, he wouldn't have even talked about it. Bill Graff, who I love, by the way, Sapp commented on Kaepernick's Raiders workout in less than a glowing way. I heard it was a disaster. I heard one of the workouts, one of the worst workouts ever. Not surprisingly, Kaepernick's agent denied. I spoke with the GM several times. They said they all thought Cap was in great shape, threw the ball really well, encouraged any team to call him about the workout, and he would tell them the same. That's fine. Uh, it does not mean he, I'm sure he talked to the agent. The agent talked to the GM. I'm sure the GM said, hey, yeah, everything's good. Did you sign him? My wife has this thing. When I tell her I love her all the time, I can tell she likes hearing that. But she's all about that action, boss. So am I doing the little things? Is the garbage going up? Am I cleaning up after myself? You know what I mean? It's all about that action, boss. And I don't know. The Raiders, I don't think, have signed Kaepernick. Maybe they're going to. Maybe they're waiting. Maybe there's other teams involved. I do not know. But I had two NFL people tell me that Colin Kaepernick's workout was a disaster. And I really wasn't even going to talk about it because I figured, eh, the story would go away. But now all of a sudden the story has legs and it's on OutKick, so I'll talk about it. But that's me. Hey, you got to tell me who those guys are, Doc. It's no, they're called sources. I don't tell you anything. So, you know, of course, it's a, the dude's 34 years old. Look, I, I, one thing I can tell you very quickly, normally, normally, about eight, nine out of ten times, is whether or not somebody can play whatever sport. Sorry, I just can't. And I watched Colin Kaepernick throw some at the University of Michigan's halftime, the dog and pony show at halftime of their spring game. And you know what I said? No. Mm-mm. Nope. Ain't happening. Well, guess what? Kaepernick caught a break. Because Kaepernick as a bad backup quarterback may pay some bills, but Kaepernick as a martyr. you kidding me? As I mean, he becomes iconic. Now, you know, I don't know if that still pays the bills. I don't know what he's done with his money. I'm sure all he's got to do is go have a sit-in somewhere, uh, protest something. You know, do the whole damn Jesse Jackson thing, protest Coke, and Coke gave his son a damn bottling company or distribution center down in Atlanta. That's what you ought to do. You don't need to be a backup quarterback. Protest something. Take that thing for a spin. Take that martyrdom for a spin. Take that popularity for a spin. What are you talking about? Go be a backup quarterback to Derek Carr? That's beneath you, Cap. (laughs) Telling you. People act like, hey, as we've learned from Cap and from others, uh, the truth of the matter is, man, there is money in victimhood. It's been going on a long time. Look up Jesse Jackson. I already mentioned him. Stop it. Hey, by the way, L. Sharpton in jail yet? For tax evasion, last I saw, he was smoking a cigar. My friend Abdul showed him smoking a cigar. I think it was Abdul uh, in a Four Seasons. <laughs> Cap, you were, you've lost your focus. You've lost your focus. Get back to being who you are. Get back to being what you're about. Football ain't it. It ain't. Football's not it. 
No. No. Ah, somebody said, time to take a knee on his failed career. Yeah, I disagree with that. You know, everybody that never played wants to always say everybody failed. I hear it all the time about failed. My failed coaching career, you crazy? Bowling Green won a championship. They haven't won a championship since 83. I got there, we won one in my third year. Are you kidding me? Got lifetime memory. What's wrong with people? What is seriously wrong with people? Kaepernick took a team to the Super Bowl. That ain't a failed career. What's wrong with you? People are nuts with that on Twitter, man. The failed career thing. All right. Dockage, you failed as an announcer. No, I didn't. I was the best announcer they ever had at ESPN. My contract ran out. Outkick came. I saw the platform. Thought it'd be more fun. Leave me alone. Think any? Think I want to trend? Think I want to go to Eth Rutherford or go to do uh, do a game at Rutgers or Wisconsin? Come on. I like Wisconsin though. Good cheese. Anyway, uh, when we come back, it, it's kind of interesting. Inflation. I've told you this. There are three things in this world I never wanted to hear again from 1979. One, never wanted to hear the word inflation, ever. Two, stock market, let's go. Right? No? Am I wrong? Three, gas prices, down. Our guy, Biden, Sniffin' Joe or whatever his name is, Sniffin' Joe decided he's going to be the worst president ever. And he is. He's well on his way. Killing us. I'm going to go through things that are famous and the prices and how they went up. Prices of stuff like Arizona ice went up. What are we doing? Of what? No. No. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Joe, Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, is, well, the worst president in the history of the United States, at least in my lifetime. I can't speak to what happened in the 80s. I can't have, I, or 60s, excuse me. I, I didn't pay attention, you know, but this is the worst. Meat, poultry, fish, and eggs, 14.2% increase. Fruit, vegetables, 11.9% increase. Electricity, 12% increase. That's a big one. Utility pipe service, pipe gas service, 30% increase. Airline fares, 38% increase. Household cleaning products, 10%. Rent of primary residence, 5.2%. Energy index rose 34.6% last year and accounted for the largest increase since September of 2005. It's really amazing. Like we were talking earlier, how does this guy have a 40, 39% approval rate? It's got to be impossible. There's like no way you can sit there in good conscience and say that this guy isn't anything and his policies aren't anything but a disaster. Right? So I've gone through all of that. Now, let's see what else is going to bump up. Because, all right, God dang it, what the heck? 
let's also be honest, this ain't the only thing, right? Eh, the, the things that I mentioned there, there's a lot more going down than just, you know, things that you can't quantify or things that you don't see on a daily basis. I'll tell you what, if the dollar store goes up, I'm going to be pissed. What would that be, $2 store? Is it going to be the $2 store? All right. Listen to this. Earlier this month, earlier this month, the inflation, the $1 pizza slice, gone. The $1 pizza slice, listen to this. Earlier this month, an image went viral suggesting the unthinkable had finally happened. Arizona iced tea had fallen victim to Joe Biden and raised their long-held price of a 23-ounce can from 99 cents to a buck 29, but that's not true. Arizona iced tea, no, 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 no. They did not raise it. What you saw was Canadian pricing. You did not see, ladies and gentlemen, American pricing. No, no. So that's good news. That's the good news. All right. One indicator of sustainability is how steadily companies can maintain volume and consistency of their customers walking through the door. Let's look at an example, Costco. If you've ever been to Costco, you understand the greatest lunch in America is one of two things, both in Costco. One, walking around and getting samples. Now, that slowed down big time, and I mean big time, with the pandemic, right? Hell, we wouldn't even touch our own tables because we thought we were going to get the pandemic. So, of course, you're not going to go into the grocery store or go into Costco and get samples. Can't do it. First time I saw a sample back was the other day in Kroger over here, and the lady was like, yeah, we're back. I go, that's great. Costco samples out. Costco $1.50 hot dog still in. Listen to this. Take Costco's famous hot dog meal, so emblematic of the business, that founder Jim Singel once threatened the company CEO saying, if you raise the price of the effing hot dog, I will kill you. Now in this day and age, the CEO would run to a safe space, call his mom first, his dad, his counselor, and then the police. Since 1985, if you are a member of Costco, you get a beef hot dog, refillable 20 ounce for just a buck 50, all right? That price is nowhere in line with inflation. It should be $4, but they don't care. They don't care. Uh, They are maintaining their $1.50 burger, their $1.50 hot dog. That's big. I can get down with Costco. I'm going to get down with anybody in this time that does something for us. Something for us. Like not raising your price because, well, I can't. Saying, hey, times is tough, people. Times is tough. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to help those people who got us through and got us started. And I got to tell you, I am all down with that. Long live the Costco $1.50 hot dog. Great hot dog, by the way. It'll fill you up. And I am a bit of a hot dog snob, not going to lie. I am. I'm a hot dog snob. If you're not, I can't help you. This guy, hot dog snob.
All right, let's continue our little journey. Is it still worth shopping at the dollar store? You know, when you got kids that live down here and they're a mess, I got these little gnats all around. Uh, I, there's another one. All right, most chains have raised their prices. Listen to this. Last year, CR Consumer Reports found real value, real value, real bargains, but, but the dollar store has raised its prices 25%. I should slow down because I'm going too fast here. I should slow down and let my guys catch up to me. I'm in a hurry. I don't know why, but hey, look, dollar store shopping has always been difficult. In the late November of 2021, dollar store announced that after 35 years of offering all merchandise for just a dollar, it was raising the price across the board to now $1.25. It's like the Big Ten. The Big Ten has 14 teams, but they call it the Big Ten. What the hell's that? The dollar store doesn't charge a dollar anymore. It's a dollar twenty-five, which I don't know. A buck twenty-five isn't horrible, but a buck twenty-five, if you say it like this, well, the dollar store raised its prices. I don't know, twenty-five uh, percent. That leaves you sick to your stomach. Yeah, it does. The heck? Hey, we raised our prices 25%. All right. Okay. It's a sign of the times, baby. All right. Consumer price index, a measure of the average price of goods and services, rose by 8.5%. Think about that. It's the highest increase in 40 years. However, here's the problem that the family or the dollar store has. I was going to say the family tree. What is wrong with me? The problem the dollar store has is this. 25% increase at the dollar store is damn near three times that rate of inflation. What are we doing at the dollar store? Now, I think you're still getting a good value. All right? I think that the dollar store is still okay. And this guy writing this Consumer Report article says, look, this is his observation. Inventory at the dollar stores has always been unpredictable. Pancake syrup one week, not the next. Savvy shoppers know how to get what they want while, getting, while the getting is good. But at least in the case of the dollar store, the price has always been consistent. Yeah. I don't think it's called the dollar store. It's called Dollar Tree. For some reason, I'm calling it dollar store now. You got Dollar General raised his price 7%. So the general said 7 Dollar Tree raised its price 20 now 25%, and 10% on Patchmark. Now, I don't know these stores other than the Dollar Tree, but I'm like, wow. All right. All right. I'm not happy with it. So inflation is basically crippling all of us. It is crippling us whether or not you have a lot of money. It's crippling. And you go, I had people tell me, and I'm, 
I feel embarrassed by this. I've had people tell me, you know, Dan, I can't go on my boat this summer because gas prices at the dock are too high. And they're right. You know, I'm usually not the guy that cares about whether or not people, what's the right word? I'm not the guy that always downplays success. I'm not the guy that always says, well, you know, I'm just an idiot. I, you know, I'm just an idiot. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not that guy. But I'm also not the guy, I'm kind of the guy that doesn't want you to know that I'm successful. Does that make sense? So I don't like talking about like some friends of mine that are really rich and the problems they have because I think it sounds idiotic. But I will say this, it does cripple families. It does. You know, my wife just drove out to Boston and they got there a day late for an internship that my stepdaughter had. Why? Because I'm telling you, man, flights were insane. So they had a drive. It's fine, but it's crippling basically everybody. I actually, this is going to sound weird, I like to DoorDash. I do. Uh, last year, some of you may know, I lost four grand on the NCAA tournament. I felt guilty to my family. So I said, screw it. I'm going to go out and I'm going to make the money back. And I looked at how to do it. And you, the, the best way for me personally was to be a DoorDash delivery man. My stepson told me about it. I'm like, you know what, Jared? That sounds good to me. I'm going to do it. I get to sit in a car by myself. I really don't have to talk to anybody. I go pick up food. I deliver it. I turn the radio on. And away I go. And I loved it. I got a little bit addicted to it. I made my four grand back, but I would still be doing it. Except it doesn't pay. I don't care about the wear and tear on my car. My car's got 137,000 miles on it right now. My big old freaking Traverse is awesome. 137, it might be at 140, I got to look. If it is, I need an oil change. But the truth of the matter is, no. I don't want to do it because gas prices are killing me. So now they're cutting into my entertainment, and I think it's affecting all of us. So do yourself a favor, please. Do yourself a favor. Instead of just going along, do a little research next time on who to vote for. You know what I mean? Can you do a little research? Just a little bit? on what's going to happen. And, you know, instead of hating a guy and voting against a guy because you think he's a pig or you think he's mean or you think he writes bad tweets or whatever, can you just do yourself a favor and look at policy and understand that every single person who has been in that office has been a pig? JFK was like the biggest of the pigs. Right. JFK was ridiculous. You know, he, he had you know, a little popularity, good looking guy, young guy. And he was slinging it all over the place like starlets and movie stars hanging with the mafia. Got his start. His dad was a bootlegger. I mean, pay attention to this. Come on. You think coming up in Chicago and getting through the political waters of Chicago, uh, President Obama was just like, hey. Hey, uh, just a really, really nice guy. Are you out of your freaking mind? You got some dirt. Everybody does. The only perfect people are you guys. You guys on Twitter. You're the only perfect people. That's it. And media guys and writer guys. That's it. The rest of us were flawed. What can I tell you? And president's no different. So the next time, can you possibly, who cares? Rock the vote. Hey, this is Spike Lee. Hey, this is Danny Bonaducci. Hey, this is some uh, college 
kid, get out there and rock the vote. Okay, you rock the vote and you voted in an idiot with idiotic policies that's destroying our country. Think this com- coming time. Don't worry about who you don't like. Worry about who's best. Just worry about who's best. That's a plea. That's an end of the week plea. I don't plea often, right? But that's a plea. That's a damn plea from me. Rock the vote. Yay. Get out there and vote. MTV says you should vote. Your athlete says you should vote. Yay. Well, you got what you wanted, LeBron. You got exactly what your dumb ass wanted. Hey, how about Bob Lee? I did want to get to this. How about Bob Lee? Bob Lee, who really doesn't involve himself in much other than what he can put on your television. He used to anyway. He retired. Just a really good dude. I like seeing him. I used to like seeing him when I'd go to ESPN. There were a few guys that I like seeing. One of them is Bill Graff, who now works for OutKick. I think that's freaking awesome. But anyway, long story short, so Bob Lee is saying to LeBron, hey, LeBron, uh, how about a little something for the effort? How about, you know, a little something about China? You're taking their money. You're taking their money. You're trying to educate us all on how we're supposed to live. Uh, Another victim, by the way. Uh, Did anybody ever find, I guess not, the infamous racial slurs that were supposedly written on his wall? Oh, no security camera, nothing, but hey. Uh, Former anchor Bob Lee criticized criticized LeBron James for not criticizing China's human rights. Wow. All right. He said, it's really easy to be pissed off and angry about LIV golf and the Saudis. All I ask is for philosophical and ideological consistency. Apply it to China consistently, LeBron. We all know the deal with the live poor. Bunch of white dudes. You can criticize living hell out of them. We know that. I mean, you don't know that. I can't help you. I mean, I'm talking to everybody. We all know this. But man, did you see when Daryl Morey came out and criticized China? He damn near got blackballed. I don't know. Critics have noted that while James was vocal in his activism following George Floyd's death, he has little to say about China's human rights record, especially after the country punished the NBA for a pro-Hong Kong tweet posted in 2019 by Daryl Morey. LeBron, I think, has a responsibility and an opportunity, more importantly. And it's very easy for people to come to the conclusion that players at a time when social voice and equality are very much a part of sports, more so than ever, here's an opportunity to take a stand. If you're a billionaire, you can afford to perhaps take a stand and at least become educated. Wow, that's strong. Let me guess. If I look at the answers, LeBron James or uh, Bob Lee's a racist, right? Gotta be. How can you not be? I don't know. Seems like you even have to be. If you want to get in, if you want to get in a froth about LIV golf and you have every right to, take a pause, take a deep breath and look at China and see, should this outrage or this introspection, that's a great word for this, and this attention extend to the NBA? Well, of course it should. I've never understood this, and I've talked about it on the show. Can anybody explain to me why the media, other than social activism and putting Black Lives Matter on a court or whatever the hell he did, Adam Silver, can anybody explain to me why Adam Silver is considered the best commissioner in the NBA, or excuse me, in the country? His players don't play. They don't play. 
They embarrass constantly. He's in bed with a, with a communist country that has human rights violations left and right, but yet somehow, some way, our media tells me he's the best commissioner in sports. It's amazing. You know why? Because I've said this forever, and I'll say it again, because every white media member feels like they have to say that because it gives them racial cover. I sit there and I go, wait a second. Your players don't play. You've set up a system that somehow your best players it is more advantageous for them not to play. This is the system you guys have set up. And it's really only coming here lately, so you tell me. You tell me. Is that a great system? Is that a great commissioner? I don't think so. But again, we all know this. White media, you kidding me? Scared to death. Scared to death. If you say Adam Silver's bad and somebody like LeBron James comes out against you, oh, my God, can you imagine what's going to happen? I've had everybody come at me, and it ain't bad. Ain't nothing wrong with it. You suck. That guy today, you're abuser of women and kids and blah, 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 blah. Okay. I mean, if that's what you're saying, that's cool. But it's also called knowing who the hell you are. And when you know who the hell you are and you know that people are full of crap, I don't know what to tell you. But let's not even mess around. Let's not even mess around with stuff. I mean, if we're going to be socially aware and we're going to have, let's just do it. Let's just do it. If we're mad at everybody for their affiliations, hell, be mad at me. I'm dry. I got a car out there that has gas. Oil came from where? I'm guessing Saudi Arabia. I got tires. Tires are made with oil. Where'd that come from? I don't know. Saudi Arabia? I don't know. I'm sure I got shirts in here made in China. I mean, I'm all for this. This is one of the reasons that Trump kind of resonated with me. At least he wasn't afraid to express a little patriotism. That's how I look at it. It doesn't mean I'm right. In fact, I'm sure I am wrong. But, I mean, what the hell? I mean, let's go here. Can't just get mad. It, it isn't always one group's fault. You know what I mean? It isn't always black guy fault, white guy fault. It ain't, you know, if you want to be treated equal, and that's all I ask, treat me equal. Not always a woman's right, man's right. Nobody's ever always right, except for, of course, me. But damn. Oh, it drives you nuts. Drive you absolutely, positively nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's why I like OutKick. See that right there? See, when you go to OutKick, and I'm not shilling for anybody. I don't have to. The show's going pretty good. Dylan and Ryan and Davey and everybody's killing it for me. Guests want to come up. People are calling me saying, hey, can I get on the show? I got all kind of guys. Guys you know, black and white, are saying, man, I wish I could say what you say. Man, I wish I could tweet what you tweet. But we're not. We just tell you what's up. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but Joe Biden is now blaming the Supreme Court for the destabilizing the world. Yeah. First it was Putin. Yeah, go to the blaze. I'll just tweet it out right here. Go to the blaze. I'll tell you. Yeah, he, uh, it, it's, it's now the Supreme Court. So the no excuses president, the guy that said, hey, no excuses. That's all he does. That's all he does. So now he is having a press conference um, and he just had it and he is blaming the Supreme Court 
for destabilizing the world. Does it ever end? When will it end? I want to ask, when the hell will it end? Oh, by the way, I got a gambling tip from you. This just came in. There's a, there's a match today. Guy named Cressy, C-R-E-S-S-Y, taking on an American named Jack Sock. Great name. Love the name. Not mad at the name at all. I think it's coming up here in a little bit. So Cressy is taking on Jack Sock. I got it on good authority from noted movie director in Hollywood, agent, tennis great at Kenyon, Peter Dockage, that take Cressy over Sock big. All right. Cressy is a basically a two-to-one favorite. So bet 410 to win 200. It's a big investment. I understand. But I ain't mad about it. It's all right. 420, I'm sorry. That's right. 420 to win 200. I ain't mad about it. I'm not mad about it. Bet 100 to win whatever. But when Peter Dockage says it, you best believe I'm on it. I'm doing it right now. Right this moment I'm doing it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I am. We're going to start my weekend with a little $200 in pocket. Cressy. Over. Sock. The other one I took for a little bit, not much. Jensen Brooksby. Jensen Brooksby is like this stud. Now, he is playing a guy named Benjamin Banzai. Banzi. Banzi? Banzai? Why do you say it? Banzi. B-O-N-Z-I. I don't know. Banzi. Banzi Wells. I like Brooksby. They started at 11. So you got about seven minutes time to get it going. I don't know, Rafa's going to be on TV. You can't bet Rafa because Rafa's like plus three bazillion to win. Put it out there. Hey, can you, Dylan, can you guys, instead of putting out that bag with bets, put the actual bets out there on a tweet, you know, while you're tweeting our show. That's right. I'll take the heat. I want all the smoke. Because <laughs> when Pete Dockage gives me something, by God, it's got. Last thing before we go. I don't know why I got fleas around here. Can somebody explain? I'm looking. I don't, I bet you, I'll bet you this. I'll bet you my son in that bed over there. I bet you he left something under, like a plate of food or something. Why do I got fleas? My dog doesn't have fleas. No doors are open. I'm sitting here smacking at fleas. Brooksby over Bonzi. Jack Sock. Down goes Sock today. Yeah. And then you know what you got to do? You got to go have a great weekend. Yeah. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Look, I got to thank all of you. Another record-breaking week. I mean, we've just had a great time here. Hammer was fantastic. Dylan and Ryan, the graphics are terrific. I have not been on the YouTube chat today. But I do thank you all uh, for that. Thank you very much for the uh, attention on YouTube. Thanks for retweeting stuff. You guys have started to retweet stuff and I'm looking at our numbers and like every video that we put out, we're getting a bunch, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate everybody. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I really have to go to the bathroom. So Dylan, call me. Thanks to everybody that paid attention to the show. 
Dockage out for the weekend. We'll be back Monday, but I gotta go potty. <laughs>